Welcome to the No Off Season for Dads podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to the first ever No Off Season for Dads podcast. I am Dijon, and I am extremely excited to be with you today to have some great discussion and great talk on what it is to be an incredible father. By no means am I saying that I am one of the best. I have just had some great experiences with my boys and I want to have the opportunity to share those experiences with some of you. So we're gonna dive straight into it. I'm extremely excited to talk about this because today I want to talk about what it means to live with two men in your house. That's right, two men. Now for me, um, I specifically, I have a, an adult now uh, who is 21 and I also have another son who is 16. And although one of them is not quote officially an adult, because I have another who is, it feels like a lot of the conversations that go on in this house are adultish. I know we've had that show blackish and then grownish. This one is like adultish, all in this house. And so it's been, it's been interesting to see, it's been interesting to have these conversations. And at times it seems like I have to figure out ways to tailor them to where they are constructive they're conducive to the house, and I don't belittle their viewpoints and their perspectives and their mindsets. So one thing I've seen, and one thing I definitely have to understand is that you know, living with two men, um, I have to figure out the different ways to treat them. Uh, one of the things that I know that I am completely able to do is I'm completely able to love them the same. One of the things that I know that I cannot do is raise them the same. I can love them the same, but I can't raise them the same. And here's why. We, right now, we are living in a time where there are two huge viruses going on in our world, specifically here in the US. Uh, one is we've got the coronavirus going on, COVID-19. It has plagued us to no end. It has plagued this nation. It has plagued our world. It has plagued our area where we live. And then also the other uh, virus that we deal with is the virus of systemic racism. I have two boys. I have two black boys. And so I have to be very careful on how I talk, how I present myself even as a father, and the different conversations that have to happen uh, for my boys. Uh, my wife and I, we have been uh, together now, uh, married for 22 years, and uh, we have watched how our conversations have, you know, been so innocent and cute until the moments where it changes up and we start talking about deeper topics. Um, so as I've noticed, again, having these two boys and having these two men in my house, um, 
just the conversations are always different. Um, I'm dealing with one who is about to be a senior in college. Uh, he's going to be in his own apartment, his own space. He's going to have his own bills. He has a job. Um, you, the conversations are different than if I were to talk about these same things with my 16-year-old. He doesn't have bills. The 16-year-old does not have a full-time job. He's not in college yet. So conversations are always going to be different for us. And so um, I, I'm noticing that I'm, I'm having to tailor my mind towards that kind of mindset. Um, my 21-year-old can drink alcohol. Yeah, let's pause right there for a second. And let's just think about that. He can actually drink alcohol now. And so it's weird cracking open a beer or having a glass of wine with the same one who I used to change diapers with. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Just let that settle for you a second, for a second. But the experiences are different. And the experiences are, are new. Um, it's just a new thing that I have to, to be conscious of. And so when I'm speaking to them, I have to speak with sound voice. Sound advice. Don't say anything crazy. That's going to lead them to think about doing stuff that's crazy. I have to think about how to talk to them when it, in regards to girls. In regards to friendships in regards to relationships and careers. School conversations are different. So I always have to be on my toes. I have to be thinking about what am I saying to them that's going to help them, that's going to benefit them, that's going to benefit me and my wife, which is going to benefit the entire home. I have to be conscious of these types of conversations. Again, I can love them the same. I've just got to raise them differently. And I even use the words that Desiree did in this old classic song. As dads, you've got to be bad. You've got to be bold. You've got to be wiser. You've got to be hard. Sometimes you've got to be tough. And you've got to be stronger. You know you have to be cool. And you know you have to be calm. And we have to stay together. This is the time to engage. This is the time to see them do their best and for you to be your best as well. Because we know, as dads, we don't have an off season. Make sure that you follow us at nosfordads.wordpress.com for all of our blogs, as well as on Instagram at nosfordads. Look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. I am here today and I'm actually inside and outside. And what you're hearing is me putting in sand and gravel from my window well into this bucket because 
we had some torrential rains here and it completely flooded my basement with at least about a good inch of water all the way through. And what I noticed, you know, I, I, I know about all the, the waterproofing uh, companies that are out here and, and I've called a couple of them and one of them is coming out to give me an estimate here in the future. But I also know I could do some investigation myself. And why am I doing it? This podcast with you as you're listening to Gravel and Dirt. Well, reason is kind of simple and it kind of goes back to who I am as a dad and just even as a man. Um, basically, my dad, uh, he passed away about two years ago. But he is a man who grew up in Allendale, South Carolina. That's right. Allendale, South Carolina. The city is, a, is about as big as my house. <laughs> uh, it's a small city. It is calm. My recollection of growing up there or spending summers there or time there with my grandmom was going to the local Piggly Wiggly, um, sitting on her porch during the summertime, and it was a it was a you know a light blue painted porch with an aluminum uh, aluminum couch. If you have no clue of what I'm talking about, then you might not know country life. <laughs> but it was an aluminum rocking couch, in fact. And we would sit on that couch and we would eat watermelon. Seeded watermelon, by the way. Eat seeded watermelon in an aluminum pan that was used for baking pies spit out the seeds into the can or into the pan and watch the people as they went by. What did I have to do with my dad? Well, that was my dad's home. And he was known as one who constantly worked. He and his brother. Uh, his brother's in Mississippi. And they're just from the South. I mean, it's, if you know the South and if you know the deep South, you know what it means to put in that work, put in the work on the farm, put in the work in the fields, put in the work in your own yard. His dad, well, actually not even his dad. I don't think he knew his dad. He grew up with his, I think it was his stepfather or grandfather, which would have been my great-grandfather. And he was a sharecropper. He was a sharecropper out in South Carolina. And so all my dad knew was how to work, how to get things done in the house. 
how did that bring down to me is he would make sure that I worked. And so I can't think of a Saturday morning. I really honestly can't. I cannot think of a Saturday morning when I was not up mowing the yard or raking leaves at darn near seven in the morning, a Saturday morning to be exact. And you know what it is to be a teenager. You want to sleep in. You've quote had a hard time at school all week long. You want to take some time for yourself. That wasn't the case with me or my brother. He made us work. And it got to a point where he made it as a lesson. There was one day um, he was having me to go out and rake the yard, not rake the yard, but cut the grass. Sorry. I would have to go out and cut the grass. I was didn't want to do it at all. Did not want to do it, did not want to do it, fought it. He pulled the covers off of me. So that made me mad. But he was like, go out and go do the grass. Reluctantly, I go out and do it. As I finish it, he says, come with me. And he takes me over to my neighbor's house. And he rings on the doorbell and he comes out. The neighbor comes out. I remember his name. His name was Mr. Howard. Mr. Howard came out with a cigar, a cigar in his mouth. Or actually, he came out with a pipe in his mouth. He said, hello, young man. And how you doing? And I said, hi. And he said, if you can cut my grass for me, I'll give you the money right after you finish. Okay. Sure. So I bring my lawnmower over to him and I start to cut his grass. Mind you, I am 16, about 16 years old. So I go and I cut his grass and, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. So I finish it. He comes out. I knock on the door. He comes out. He looks at it, says, good job. And he hands me a 20. And he said, anytime my grass gets high, you don't have to come knock on the door. You just cut it and I'll pay you. I'm like, bet. That sounds fantastic. So every, every week or every other week on a Saturday morning, guess what time I'm up? about seven in the morning and I go out and I cut his grass and he gives me either 20 or maybe 25 and sometimes he would give me 30. What did that do? Other people saw me cutting his grass and so they came and asked me to cut. To cut theirs.
And so since I cut their grass, I got more money. Mind you, this is the 80s. So $20, $40, $60 in a 16-year-old's hand was awesome and even better. $20, $40, $60 in a teenager's hand that he earned was even greater. I think you can already kind of see the lesson here. Hard work pays off, especially when you can sign your name to it. I don't have an off season in teaching my own boys this. I hope you don't either. We'll talk soon.